Welcome to Sectorhead Spotlight. I'm your host, Robert McGrorty. We're about to review the background and process of a hedge sector Sectorhead, as well as discuss some specific key themes pertinent to today's market conditions. If you'd like to learn more about their research, go to hedgeye.com forward slash research to subscribe. Now, let's dive into this episode. Good afternoon, Hedge Eye Nation. Welcome to another episode of Sector Head Spotlight. This week, I've got the one, the only, Mr. Felix Wang, aka the Sector Head of China. So thank you, sir, very, very much for joining me today. I'm very excited to, to dive into uh, your sector and, and your process and your background. So thank you. Happy to be here, Robert. Absolutely. Good, good to see you. Yeah, cheers. Um, so yeah, so for those at home, for, for those that might not you know be as familiar, you know the p- process here is going to go uh, through a bit of uh, Felix's background, uh, then dive into his process. And it's quite uh, data-oriented, as, as many sector heads here at Hedgeye is. Uh, is. And lastly, we're going to finish off with some uh, key themes for 2023 uh, that we want to get across uh, to, to, to you at home. So with that, Felix, I know you've got uh, a fun background because it's a little bit different than some of the other sector heads here where you actually started as an associate or an analyst for for um, Todd Jordan. And yeah, and absolutely. yeah so we'd love to kind of kind of just, you know, dive into, you know, how you progressed here throughout uh, your time at Hedgeye. Sure. So uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a Southerner at heart. Um, I grew up in South Carolina. Uh, I still have family down south. I also have uh, extended family in, in China. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've had a couple of short experiences uh, career-wise in trading and also in research before coming to Hedgeye. Mm. But Hedgeye has been my home. Right. Uh, I've been working here for over a decade. Uh, as you mentioned, yes, I my beginnings was with the one and only Todd Jordan of the Gaming Lodging Leisure Team, um, but I also had some mentors along the way from um, from that experience. So, really appreciate everything that he and his team has done to help me sort of develop as an analyst and try to figure out how to add value. That's at the end of the day, people only care about, you know, can you help us make money? That's Absolutely. All, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, a little bit about, you know, how I got into research and Hedgeye. So, you know, I, I, I got interested in, in, in research just because I like picking apart companies and um, and trying to understand different disruptive, disruptive technologies out there. And frankly, I'm an introvert. So, you know, I figure research is a good fit. Um, um, although a couple of drinks may bring out some wild side, <laughs> just like everybody. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about myself. Yeah, yeah. awesome, awesome. Uh, so, so again, you know, uh, typically what we do next is we'll go through your process, Felix. Uh, and and as I mentioned, it's 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 quite data oriented. Even posts, uh, what do you call it, an algo show, right? Where you go through. Um, you know, a lot of your, like the, the, the data that, that your algo spits out. So it's a, um, a it's a, uh, so yes, why don't we, Ethan, why don't we pull up um, slide three and we can go through kind of, uh, you know, how, how, how to get an edge and let, uh, let Felix kind of walk us through things. Hi, Robert McGrody here, Director of Subscriber Development at Hedgeye. Hope you're enjoying our podcast. Start generating alpha with our suite of Sector Pro investing research products. Dive deep into retail, industrials, technology, and everything in between with exclusive access to the sharpest analysts and actionable ideas on Wall Street. 
Go to hedgeye.com forward slash research to subscribe. Enjoy the rest of this episode. So this slide I, I, I show every time I do a presentation. Actually, I should update it a little bit because my approach has gotten a, a lot more uh, detailed. Um, but it kind of gives you, in a nutshell, how we're different from everybody else other than the fact that I'm just the best-looking Asian analyst out there. <laughs> but I need more than that. Um, so one way is through proprietary data that I've been able to uh, kind of put together to, to, to try to gain sort of a real-time viewpoint on a lot of the KPIs out there that, that people care about. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's about driving edge, right? So one way is through data. Another way is through context. So I do, Robert, talk to a lot of people in, in, my, uh, in my coverage space, not only to companies, but general context I've been able to build in my Rolodex. Um, that allows me to keep in touch with a lot of the on the ground sure. uh, tidbits since I'm not in China uh, 24-7. So that's been very important in my process just because I'm able to discern what people care, what, what people care about, what's meaningless that maybe the media is talking about, um, and figure out if there's an opportunity, either long or short. So these contexts that I've been able to build, uh, and it's not just China, it's mostly uh, Asia-based um, people that I've been able to to be in contact with and that we've been able to uh, build a relationship with. These contacts have been extremely important to my process. Yeah. And is that, is that one way that you kind of sift through the Chinese coverage coverage universe? Because it is quite broad and diverse, right? I mean, you've got yeah. everything from, from, uh, <laughs> you know, from fintech to, to education to, uh, you know, ga- like actual gaming. So, I mean, it's quite, right. you know, your, your coverage universe is quite, uh, quite, quite broad. So that- how do you try to, you know, think through kind of, again, like if you look at that multi-pronged approach, um, you know, again, I, I don't want to say like one thing drives another, but how, how do you kind of sift through that data that you get and then in conjunction uh, overlaying that with your your contacts and stuff like that? So you made a great point about type of the coverage ecosystems that, I, um, that I'm responsible for. The reason why I decided not to just zero in on a particular industry yeah. like general research analysts do is yeah. just because China in particular is extremely complicated. When you have Chinese tech giants, they want to basically conquer everything that's hot, Right. Um, which means they're like the octopus. They have tentacles in a lot of different verticals, a lot of different industries. As a result, it makes my job kind of fun because yeah. I get to learn about a lot of different things, yeah. not just focus on pay entertainment or e-commerce or education. So because a lot of these companies, you know, they have exposure to all of these verticals and yep. industries. So as a result, I've had to become more of a generalist sure. to, you know, to cover China. I think that's the way that people should approach this. Um, it's also an advantage for us because I feel like a lot of the sector-specific analysts who cover China sometimes miss the bigger picture because they're just narrowed right, right. to their particular industry and yeah. they can't really talk about other industries, particularly for tech giants, right? Um, so, you know, they have to talk to five different analysts just yeah. to understand one company, whereas they should have a broader perspective on this matter and try to, you know, 
understand the company from many different angles. Yeah, no, that makes yeah. perfect sense. Ethan, do you want to bring up um, slide five there? And, and we can just gotta dive a little deeper. So for those at home that may not be as familiar uh, with China, uh, Felix, maybe we, you can kind of just review some of the, the you know, six or so uh, kind of key sectors that, that, uh, that Sure. Yeah. So my bread and butter is mainly pan entertainment and e-commerce. I've put a lot of focus on those two ecosystems and there's at least 40 companies, I would say, uh, in that two parts, uh, two, two industries. Um, look, part of my process is data. So a lot of the data that I've able to, 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 to put together and to dive into insights and share with them with my clients took a lot of time. Um, and particularly on the e-commerce side, uh, so I share something called GMV database with my clients every month. It's, it's an extremely popular way to, you know, GMV is just one indicator, but it's extremely important indicator for people who follow e-commerce and retail. So I'm able to, you know, through some complex algorithm methodology, I'm able to sort of map out what's going on on the transaction side for many of the major players in China. Um, so that's been one product that's been extremely popular with my clients. Uh, and then, yeah, look, I, I think if you go to the next slide, uh, there's just different ecosystems that I, I try to map out again on sort of real-time KPI that people may care about. But at the end of the day, it's all about adding value. So it may not be just data oriented and that's something I, I, I stress to people who follow my research is yeah you may be stuck on a particular data point but at the end of the day if you miss the forest if you miss the big big picture yeah this, you know you may miss out on that opportunity so don't be too data oriented is yeah. what I would say um, try to understand where you know from a broader perspective where that company is positioned um, obviously data helps but um, try to figure out where their advantages and disadvantages are and how they're positioned in a very competitive ecosystem and then go from there. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. And, and I think a perfect example is in the last week or so with, with your pivot on, on Pindoidoi, uh, on, on PDD. Right? Yeah, we were lucky. And, Look, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was <clears> one, it was a great tactical decision that you made. And and two, it was one of those things for, you know, for many at home or for those that kind of listen in, you know, we can get a little bit of a bad rap in being, tra you know, you know everybody kind of thinks about us as day traders, right? But mm. you, you were long PDD for uh, what it feels like forever. <laughs> He's named his, his bloody bird after, after right. Pindoidoi. So, and I'm butchering that, by the way. But uh, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, close, very close, uh, very yes. close. good. Uh, but no, but I mean, I think that's again. I mean, it just goes to you're flexible in terms of the way that you approach your your um, your coverage list, right? And you're not, you know, you're not stuck. Uh, you know, you use the data when the data and or some of your other signals sort of uh, are leaning you towards a pivot. You have no problems pivoting. That's a great example because it wasn't just data that led me to this difficult decision yep. to take off PDD from our long list. And yes, I did name it after my bird, uh, who is becoming a lot more grouchy these days than when he was a baby bird. Uh, so we have our differences in our opinion um, on, on, on Pindodor. But my, my point is, it's not just data. I, I talk to a lot of people, so I have an understanding of if, you know, this idea could be potentially a crowded idea, yep. could, could be potentially where everybody is positioned. That's dangerous because you can, you know, if you're short it, it could be a huge short squeeze. And if you're long it, well, even if they beat, 
is it really going to drive the stock higher just because a lot of the investor expectations are probably higher than what you would see from a Yahoo Finance or from, yeah. you know, Bloomberg estimates out there. So uh, that's something to keep mindful of, right? Um, so, yeah, we were we were pretty lucky with the pivot. I, I generally think, you know, Pinduoduo is a good company. It's been a, dis it's a disruptor and it's, it's, it has been a safety play. Uh, but I've always said, don't be married to your ideas, yeah. right? If conditions change, if the environment is different this year versus last year, be more adaptive, be more be able to change your opinion. Hi, Robert McGordy here, Director of Subscriber Development at Hedgeye. Join our entire research analyst team live before the market opens for deep dive investing analysis, our favorite stock ideas, and our risk manager in chief, Keith McCullough's macro overlay. Our team of 40 plus equity analysts discuss key market developments, trends, and our high conviction long and short investing ideas. You will not get this granular level of insight anywhere else. A video replay, audio version, and analyst summary notes from the call are available shortly after each live show to ensure you don't miss anything. Go to hedgeye.com forward slash research to subscribe. And tune in live to the call weekdays at 7.45 a.m. Eastern. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Next, I know you got your proprietary algo. Um, we'd love to just kind of have you walk you know, me through because I've actually never really uh, asked you this question before. So we'd love to kind of just understand a bit better. Um, so, you know, how it works into your process, some of the kind of key, key things, you know, your takeaways from uh, your, your algo and that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, look, I, I try to measure more of the user engagement side. I have a variety of different um, sources I use to, to measure user engagement. One is my proprietary algo, uh, which measures, you know, things like time spent, MAUs, DAUs, so forth. Um, so I focus mainly for that product in the paint entertainment industry. Okay. Um, always trying to refine that um, product, but it's just something different than, you know, some of the other, I call them uh, third-party data providers out there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm constantly refining the process, but so far it's worked out pretty well for many of the companies I cover. And you yeah. said it's primarily geared towards your pan entertainment uh, list? It's primarily, okay. yes. Uh, and the pan entertainment is always evolving and, and there's different changes uh, to how mobile data is collected or PC data is collected. So as a result, my process there had to evolve with it. Sure. Um, I'm also, uh, yes, it's a proprietary product, but I also have relationships with a few big uh, data sort of centric um, AI driven companies in China to help me sort of understand what type of data is being released. And, uh, you know, um, so it's not just myself and the team here at Hedgeye, yeah. uh, but I also have some relationships with some big data driven AI firms out there as well. That's great. That's great. And then, and then you tie that into one of your things that you call kind of scoop and algo, right? So you scoop and algo calls. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so how can you just maybe uh, build upon that a little bit? So how how do you kind of you know what's that process? What does that look like? What are those you know what are those calls kind of? So scoop and algo, I host this every month. Um, if I don't host it, it's probably because I'm working on a and a big idea, mm. um, and it's taking up a lot of my time. But uh, if Normally, I try to do it at least once, uh, at least monthly, and they're just more sort of data updates, things I'm hearing on the ground through my merchant contacts, and then also 
through sort of controversial topics that I've been having with my clients. Um, so it raises more questions and I hope to have more of a dialogue when I have these scoop and algo calls. So um, they've been generally geared towards, you know, a couple of major industries that I follow, particularly e-commerce. But um, it's basically anything that I find of value through my coverage space that I, I share with my clients. And again, everybody's busy, you know, um, one hour to me is a very long presentation. So I try to keep these relatively, um, relatively concise, sure. under 30 minutes or so, just because, you know, you yeah. want to hit the point. And then Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know most recently, one of your um, themes has been around, you know, luxury leading the charge and, and yeah. how, how that's kind of impacting uh, your space and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, do you want to, I know, uh, most recently, you know, I, I read where sure. the handbag prices and stuff like that for Louis Vuitton's, uh, you know, there's markup. Um, I did have a question there. Is that is that at store in the retailer or is that is that kind of um, through like third parties? It's a third party channel. Got it. Um, I mean, it's sort of they're they're they have a they have a relationship with, with Louis, Louis Vuitton, so yeah. it's an officially official channel, but Got it's it. not Louis Vuitton themselves. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you know it's not just them. I think a lot of the uh, the luxury retailers are raising prices just because the Chinese demand there has been very sticky, hmm. particularly during through the, the the difficult macro environment in China in the last few years yeah. with zero COVID, and then you had the regulatory crackdown. One segment that didn't really feel much impact was luxury. So if you were a rich shopper, you couldn't care less, and you kind of stuck to your shopping habits. Sure. The difference this year is if you want to travel, you can, right? The the obstacle in the past was not really you couldn't travel outside. It's just coming back. Mm. You had to go through a lot of quarantine and, and requirements just to come, go back to your family. Nowadays, no one cares about COVID tests today. Like, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. You can go out if you want and travel and then come back. No screening. Whatsoever, um, very little, I would yeah. say. So, it's now about you know what kind of airline capacity there's there to, to go to these countries, sure. right? That fly out of China, and it's it's gonna take some time to get back to pre-COVID type of activity. Mm -hmm. But luxury spending, it, there's a lot of pent up demand. Three years of being stuck in your home, not being able to do anything. Yeah. People want to travel. People want to go to a lot of the, de the destinations, including Europe, including Macau, you know, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, Maldives. All of these luxury kind of exotic destinations yeah. are going to feel a huge, and they already are, uh, boost from inbound tourism yeah. from, from, from China. So I like the luxury guys in particular. Yeah. And, and so in terms of the travel as well, I mean, um, obviously, Todd, in your background in gaming, lodging, leisure, uh, do you have any insights there, or kind of like from a from a theme standpoint in regards to either gaming or or you mentioned Macau? So, uh, any any ways of kind of playing China through that, like outside of Todd's space? Uh, so I'll, I'll let Todd talk yeah, on sure. Macau. Um, what I would say is generally focus where um, the luxury spenders are going. Got right. It. So one place is Macau. So yeah visitation is going to pick up yeah. other places like you know south korea thailand figure out which companies care and are dependent on chinese tourism sure and those companies will outperform this year 
it's just because it's going to come back. I mean, people are itching to travel. Yeah. They want to make sure in the past it was just more about restrictions and hassle. Right. Now you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, as China slowly and uh, wobbly returned back to sort of a normal state post-COVID. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah, so any any other kind of additional themes that you, you are really gearing in or, or honing in on for 2023 here? So one thing that I've been pitching pretty hard uh, ever since December of last year was the whole theme of offline versus online. And I still feel very strongly about this, that online in some respects peaked last year, mm -hmm. just because even though COVID had a lot of disruption to the supply chain and so forth, they were a huge beneficiary. When you think about people being stuck at home, what did they have to do? They have their phone and they have their computer. Yeah. There was nothing else available. Right. That's not going to happen this year. People are going to go out. They're going to have fun. They're going to meet with their friends. They're going to drink bubble tea. They're going to go to the movies. What are they not doing? They're not doing as much with their phone. Sure. Okay. So online platforms, none of the management teams that I follow have really honed in on that because they know it could be a potential negative this year to growth. Mm. I still very feel very strongly about that. So when you look at my long short position monitor, I'm way overweight a lot of the offline names and I'm underweight or even short some of the online names. So and so far it's been playing out that way. So I feel optimistic that trend, that divergence will continue yep. this year. The only offset to that is if China does a V-shaped recovery. Uh and so far we don't haven't seen it. Right. Okay. So um, if they have a V-shaped recovery, then everybody, everybody benefits because in, increased consumption, increased yeah. spending power. That's been a government priority yeah. on the past couple of policy meetings. So people are optimistic, but I, I, I want to be a little bit more safer in case there's more of a wobbly path this year for China's reopening. Um, so I like, I like the offline place better. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, last question here, Felix, but I, I can't leave this interview without talking about the boxes on the desk. So, <laughs> so, yeah. And so, you know, I know Keith sits stands sits next to you. His desk is right next to you. He stands yeah. all day long. I did it. Tell me the story, man. I, I need to hear I, well, it from you. First of all, I don't know how Keith is not able. Like he, I never seen him sit I, I, at all. I know. It's incredible. Yeah. And he has great posture. Um. So I got influenced by him, obviously, since we I sit right next to Keith. Um uh every day and i have a bad back as okay. well but my posture is like hunchback of notre dame it's really bad <laughs> i'm hunched so much so one way i thought was to stand up a little bit more right yeah, yeah. get the blood flowing yeah. through i mean so it's i i tried doing the boxes because i couldn't wait for another standing desk so I kind of did it the old-fashioned way. I love it. Piling up. I love well, it. Before the boxes, it was just stacks of printer paper. I don't know if you know. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, but, but then uh, I was like, there were some boxes around, so I didn't want to waste the printer paper. So. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thank you again, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, that was another episode of Sector Head Spotlight. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for your time, and see you soon.
Don't forget to check out Hedgeye.com to get more actionable investing insights from our team of more than 40 research analysts. And check us out on Twitter at our handle, at Hedgeye. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. Is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the content. All investments entail a certain degree of risk, and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors, including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the terms of service at hedgeye.com slash terms of service.